This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before I die. Welcome to Before I Die with Judd and Jesse on Purple Daily and Score North. Just one before we die. That's all we ask. Santa did not deliver after another loss Christmas Eve, Minnesota Vikings. Guys, I don't even know what to say about them, but we're going to try piece together some words. We're going to expand our vocabulary on today's Before I Die. I'm Jesse Pierce, writer for NHL.com, host of Bar Down Beauties. He's our resident sports dad, Judd Zolgad, always bringing the positivity to Minnesota sports. And over here, we've got producer Ross. Ross, why do you love the Minnesota Vikings? Well, the pain lets me know I'm still alive. Even on Christmas Eve, the pain was delivered. Every <laughs> time, right? There's always new ways uh, you guys, first of all, how were your holidays? Were they good aside from the Minnesota Vikings falling to the Detroit Lions 30 to 24? Good holidays? Oh, mine was fantastic. I, I mean, three football games on Christmas Day. I know Roscoe objects, but I'm going to tell you right now, they finally got Christmas right. Triple header yesterday of football, um, some basketball. I always love that Knicks game that starts at, at noon Eastern time, 11 hour time, just because it feels right for the Knickerbockers to be playing but you know what christmas day has turned into a great sports day yeah and really at the end of the day that's what it's all about what's on tv <laughs> i, I mean, give family's a, fine but yeah i give a pass to the nfl there's only so much they can do with their schedule right once a week sport so i get it saturdays and sundays it's going to fall on holidays whatever i get it the nba this is going to make the flagger and howell's crew upset it's one of 82 games. It doesn't need to be on Christmas Day. And now the NHL entertaining, getting into the holiday window. I blame you, Judd and Jesse. 
totally not necessary. They're not though, right? No, I, I don't think hockey... they're required to have three days. Yeah. Off. Now, now, uh, just a quick history lesson before we talk about the debacle at U.S. Bank Stadium. I looked this up last night. the The National Hockey League stopped playing on Christmas Day, circa 1971. Okay, so like the first four years of the Minnesota North Stars, they were at Met Center at home four times, I believe it was, on mm. Christmas Day. They mm. would always play on Christmas Day. It became a tradition, sort of a nice tradition. But so. But here's the one gripe. Hockey's got to bring Boxing Day back. Boxing when I was a Day. Kid, Happy Boxing yes. Day to everybody. When today. I was a kid, the Jets and the North Stars would alternate years. Boxing Day has to come back. Boxing Day is a great sports day. And these guys don't need December 26th off, okay? Nobody needs December 26th off if you're an athlete. Get your act together and play on Boxing Day. Also, Judd and Jesse, I fully admit on this, I am a fraud. If there's a game that I really care about, I will watch. Like, I did duck into the Niners and Ravens last night. That game was already kind of a debacle when I did. Also, that was Christmas night. Christmas kind of ends at 5 p.m. anyways. As president, I propose a 5 p.m. to 5 p.m. Christmas Eve to Christmas Day moratorium so people can actually spend time with their families. And these poor stadium workers that have to work from, like, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. just so the Raiders and Chiefs can play one of the two games they're going to play. Come on. You know stop what? it. You know what, Roscoe? As Jesse and I were talking about Thursday night at the Wild Game, when you sign up to work in sports, you, yeah, you sign away it. your right I get to, it. to a oh, calendar totally. of don't they celebrate Christmas? I, I remember when I started to cover the Packers in 03, Dawn said, but they take the holidays off, right? I said, yeah. you don't understand yeah. pro sports. They don't adhere. And and that was 03. It's gotten worse. Yeah. But as but I Jesse think it said, fun. yeah, oh, I do yeah. too. Right? Well, and honestly, guys, I'm yes. kind of joking on this. I think as a fan, it's fun. I just always think about the, the poor people who depend on those jobs. Now, to your point, Judd, they could probably find a different job, which sounds very insensitive. So maybe just just leave it there. Yeah, Jesse, I like the tradition, fun. like the New Year's yep. Eve game for the Wild every year. Like, that's fun. Like, let's go. Let's well, enjoy a hockey game. before. See, you right the there, Ross. That's, get with yeah. it. That's, that's mm-hmm. different, though. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day don't count. They're not real holidays. You should be in bed before midnight anyways. <laughs> so, and New well, Year's Day is for college football. Mm, true. That's and fair. the Winter Classic. The Winter Classic's fun. Thank too. you. All Thank right. You for including that other sport that Judd and I particularly love. Uh, happy World Juniors Day to everybody else out there who also loves hockey. Uh, can't miss it. It's great. If you know, you know. Uh, speaking of celebrating, though, guys, are the Lions going to truly celebrate? Like, are they Super Bowl contenders after what we saw them do at U.S. Bank Stadium, after what we've kind of seen all year? I know, Judd, you've erred on the side of I don't believe them, but then lately you've kind of bought in. Where are we at? Contenders or pretenders? Detroit Lions, go. After watching them on uh, on the game um, Saturday, I would say that I would not be surprised if they lost in the first round. They didn't really impress me that much. The Vikings were horrific. I mean, Nick Mullins was just garbage. Um, there is, I, I mean, are the Lions the best team in the North? Yes. Is that saying? It, it's like the Twins were the best team in the American League Central, but did I ever think they were true contenders? No. So I would uh, I would err on the side of saying I will not be surprised if the Lions are technically upset in their first playoff game. I think the Lions remind me of a lot of Dome teams. Even Peyton Manning and the Colts faced this. They struggled in the playoffs away from what was at the time, I think, RCA Dome. Is that what it was at one point? 
Yep. Sorry if I got that wrong. But I think the Lions are going to be fine for any home game that they play. I can easily see them getting upset. But I think most home games they play in the playoffs, I would pick them. If they maybe have to go on the road to Dallas, maybe they would have a puncher's chance. It won't happen. But if they had to go at Minnesota, I would kind of like their chances. I historically just don't love dome teams on the road in the playoffs unless they're playing in other controlled environments. So are they Super Bowl contenders? Probably not. But we've seen teams get hot when they get to the playoffs. Even in even in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens did it with Joe Flacco. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, Joe Flacco might be doing it again for another AFC North team. That's another story. I, I'd say they're probably slightly more of pretenders, but you can't discount them from going on some type of run, maybe winning a few games if they don't have to leave Ford Field, the home of the Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> Roscoe's so excited about this Quick Lane Bowl going on. Just it is voted pumped. the worst. The The Athletic ranked all 41 bowl games, and the Quick Lane Bowl this. is 41st. Oof. I think you, you have to embrace the hilarity of it. That's what makes it fun. This is true. This is true. You know what? I'm on. I want to see Detroit do it. I'm not. I'm not jealous either. I think that's been a big question. Like you know, as I Vikings fans, we suffer. I'm not. I'm happy for them. Go yeah. for it. Do it. I love to see it. You know, 30 years okay. since you won the NFC North. Let's go. I'm all in. I'm gonna cheer them on to a Super Bowl victory because it'd be kind of fun. You know, I just. I think it'd be good. Uh, speaking of cheering people on Minnesota Vikings against the Green Bay Packers coming up this week. We love us a good border battle. Let's start with the quarterback. What are we going to do with the quarterback? I saw rumors now that they're taking into consideration benching Nick Mullins. And after what we have seen the past two weeks, I think that is a fantastic idea. But then you're going with the rookie. Judd, what do you think the quarterback situation might look like for Minnesota? And then this leads into the second part, a part B, if you will, which is going to be better for your Minnesota Vikings long-term success, finishing 9-8 and eight and attempting to go for the playoffs or finishing 7-10. and 10. If you're going 7-10, and 10, I say put in the rookie, right? You got to go with that, see what you've got there. Judd, what's your take? But does the rookie give you too good, good a chance to actually win? True. Because, I mean, Nick Mullins is a train wreck. The, the football is a <laughs> grenade in that man's hands. I, I mean, he literally, you know, he has dropped the ball. Like, I've never seen a guy under pressure freak out and just sort of abandon ship. It's unbelievable. And then, you know, the four picks, the last one to Jefferson where – there's a couple things at play there. One is Jefferson came open and that pass was a tick late and mm-hmm. traveled at about 12 miles per hour. I could have intercepted that. that. Like I watched, <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, I could just, well, and you could have thrown and I mean, you could have thrown it. I could have thrown like we, yeah. it would have looked similar, just wobbling through the air. And then Brandon Powell wide open, of course, along the sideline, which might've been the best pass. Cause at least that would have been completed and there was time left. But anyway, um, I, I would switch to Jaron Hall and take a look at the kid and see what I have personally. That would be my choice. But if you want to lose, I think Nick Mullins is, is doing a great job. I mean, he's sabotaging games and O'Connell won't like lay off the gas pedal. It's like they, they ran 11 times against the lions. He acted like he had Kurt Warner, Dan Marino, you know, some of the greats, at quarterback. So um, but I mean, personally, I would switch because I don't see any point in playing the guy who has six picks in two games and literally can't hold on to the football. I think Judd kind of hit the nail on the head right there. Coaches are going to coach to win. It's fans and maybe upper management personnel that might not actually want to win. 
So if you're KOC, it really comes down to who do you think gives you the better chance to win because he's going to try and win. I can't believe I'm saying this. If you went back a week, what really changed this entire thing was the Seahawks winning a game on Monday night. Now the Vikings can potentially get to 9-8 and eight and actually miss the playoffs. That's the crazy thing here. And to me, that's kind of a doomsday scenario. If you win the next two and miss the playoffs, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's rough. But you can hedge a little bit, at least if you get to 9-8 and eight and miss the playoffs, and it's with Jaron Hall. Maybe it doesn't feel so bad if that actually were to happen, because maybe you know at least you have a capable backup going forward or somebody you can put your trust in. I would also make the move to Jaron Hall, and the reason being, if you are trying to win and make the playoffs, maybe you beat Green Bay at home, you get a little bit of confidence, he feels good about himself, you don't entirely know what Detroit's going to be playing for or not playing for in Week 18, so maybe it presents an opportunity where you can then win at Detroit, get a little bit of help, and then you earn yourself a seven seed in the playoffs. I don't think there's any scenario in which the Minnesota Vikings make the playoffs, but until they're eliminated, they're going to try and do that. So I think your best chance to do that, oddly enough, is probably with the fifth round draft pick out of BYU, Jared Hall. And you got to beat the Packers, right? Like that's the one game that we just feel better about ourselves. If it's the only game you win, you got to beat the Packers. And actually, Jaron Hall didn't look terrible before he entered concussion protocol, right? He hit on passes for 18, 47, 9, and 4 yards on the scoring drive before he suffered his concussion. So I'd like to see it. I'd like to do it. Why not? I can't watch Nick Mullins again. I can't. I might throw up. I, I can't watch him anymore. I can't do it. Just <laughs> it's done. more acceptable, too. If Jaron Hall comes in and throws six picks in two games, yeah. that's more acceptable. And then in a, you get to seven and ten and also in a weird way, mission accomplished, right? You get the best draft pick you possibly can with two weeks remaining in the regular season. I, I completely agree. Uh, also, kind of bad news for your Minnesota Vikings. You've got DJ Wanham and Hawkinson both losing parts of their legs and ankles. I know that I'm sure many Vikings fans would be happy to donate those body parts in order to have them return. Uh, Judd, what do you t- what's your take on those injuries, especially heading into Green Bay? The Hawkinson one sounds bad. Um, I don't know what, what the extent's going to be, but I think this is going to be n- not only, I, I mean, w- it sounds, you know, he's going to miss the rest of the season. Well, th- there might be two games left, but <laughs> I think this might be an extensive rehab deal with this knee. So this concerns me. Wanham popped his quad, which is bad in, in and of itself. But if you're a Vikings fan, it also might br- bring him back on a cheaper contract because he was going to be a free agent. And I think he was going to get a pretty decent deal. Well, there's going to be some questions now and he's not going to be able to pass a physical by March, I'm sure. So um, that actually might bring him back on a, on a, uh, a reduced deal from what he was going to get. And then the one that we don't know about is Jordan Addison left with an ankle injury. And I don't know what the extent that there is. He, for all I, I know, could miss a game. He could be back on Sunday. Don't know on that one. But the Hawkinson one really concerns me because this is a guy you signed to a big contract. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is it's touch and go for like training camp. Mm-hmm. Like if this is as extensive as knee problem as it sounds like, um, you know, this could be uh, this could be a lot of rehab and now he joins you know kirk in that sort of well is he going to be set for the start of the season blah 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 this is tom bernard can't get enough of sports talk with phil Mackey and judd zolgad tune in to the new tom bernard show podcast monday through friday as phil and judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind just download the tom bernard show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit tom 
It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I'd really have to scan other teams' transactions and injuries and look at their roster. But does it seem to you, Judd and Jesse, that we get to this time of year, and I'm not making excuses for the Vikings, even as multiple coaches have said since they started playing sports and even KOC this last week, nobody's going to feel bad for us. But does it not feel like the Minnesota Vikings get to this time of year and they are always the walking wounded? I mean, everybody, nobody's healthy this time of year, but it always feels like the Vikings are exceptionally more injured than the teams that they're playing. I blame the water here in the seven county metro. What is it doing to the athletes? <laughs> Remember in last this year, Roscoe? Last year they they were in pretty good shape. I, I that, think it's that's a, that's actually a fair point. That's really and fair because they bragged about it. Which is bad luck. You should never <laughs> brag about. Oh, we're keeping our guys healthy. No, that's pretty much luck. But if, if you look at it, um, I mean, this is what this is also what seventeen games does. Like yes. you added an extra game of of, and, and I mean, players regularly say that a football game is like a weekly car accident. So Jesus. I think this is what you, as a league, this is what you're asking for, and you're going. You know, the attrition is incredible, and there's no sport. Li- like it when it comes to the amount of high-profile players you're almost certain to lose. Also, you're looking at a team, and we've talked about this pretty much all season and in the offseason when we started recording. It's not an incredibly deep team, and I, I know not to rip on Rick Spielman, and it's been a couple years now, but the depth in the cupboard was left a little bit bare for this regime. And then their first two draft picks, let's be honest, now two years into that, they entirely whiffed on them. They're not even getting playing time out of scene and booth. So the depth on this team is not really even built to be able to withstand injuries in a league where you know that they're going to happen. I actually, off of that, I actually have a question for you two. Brian Flores, the defense has started to limp a little bit the last few weeks. And I think a lot of that obviously is injury related. But with the team now giving up more yards and more points and a few weeks still to go, Does this actually potentially maybe keep Brian Flores with the Minnesota Vikings for another year? And could that potentially be a good thing for this team next year versus losing him after one season? I I think kind of when we talk about what injuries can do for helping a draft position, in a weird way, the injuries can maybe even help keep a coach around that you really like. And this opportunity may be presenting itself with our guy B-Flow. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that makes sense, right? It's logical. I just get this sense that he doesn't want to be here, though. Like, does anybody else feel that? Like, I don't know what it is about it. I just kind of, I don't know. Not, not. I know Minnesota fans hate to hear that, too. We don't like anybody who doesn't want to stay here and be one of us. I just have this ve- weird vibe about it. I don't know. I That's completely just on a gut feeling. I have nothing too substantial to support that, but I just have that vibe. Is that a, is that my completely inaccurate in that vibe, Judd? Well, I think part part of it's probably because there's just, you know, in, in this town, like since their success started, we've all talked about, well, he's gone. He's going to get a head coaching job. So I like I think that that doesn't help his, his case and what you're talking about. But, the you know, there's a lot at work here. Um, one is he's a defensive guy and this is an offensive league. So, like, if you're going to default to who's get, getting jobs, it's going to be offensive guys way more um, because the. 
the Bears, prime example, went, went out and, and hired the, the D.C. from the Colts, and Eberflus might get fired. Jonathan Gannon in with the, the Cardinals, who was the D.C. for Philadelphia, who I personally don't think should have gotten a head coaching job. But I don't think that the, um, that the slam dunk of a defensive guy getting a job, because you're looking now for what the Vikings did, which is uh, head coaches to match up with quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is Brian Flores is still, and it's an extended thing, suing the National Football League and Roger Goodell. Like, I mean, is, is there going to be collusion against him? There very possibly could be. Do, do you want to be the, do you want to be the owner who hires a guy who's suing your league? That's a big question. And F- Flores took a bit of a hit that, that didn't get talked about a ton here, but you know, Tua and the, you know, what was that? Two and a half, three weeks ago, Tua got up to a, po- a podium and basically talked about how great Mike McDaniel was and how the previous coach, which was Brian Flores, and he didn't necessarily have a great relationship. So yeah. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Brian Flores is gone. And I think that there's a lot of factors ar- around that. And then if, if you watch the Ravens uh, Niners game last night, they were hyping up the Ravens new DC who worked for Baltimore, went and became the DC for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan and is now back in, in Baltimore. And he's a younger guy. So like there's, there's a lot of things that I think make it far from a slam dunk that Brian Flores is going to walk out the door. Is he going to probably get requests? Yes, he will be interviewed. I don't think that necessarily means he's going to get a job. Yeah, overall, I continue to really like him and be impressed. I mean, this defense is leaps and bounds better than last year. I, I Much like every fan, there's things I nitpick in every game. Sometimes I think they get too blitz happy and it burns them, but they're going to live by the blitz. They're going to die by the blitz. And then we've seen fourth quarters where I think they should be blitzing more and they're miraculously not blitzing. But again, he knows more than I do, or at least allegedly. I don't know if people have seen how good my Madden careers are. I should start showing you guys all about those. Uh, I'll I'm take really you good. on in Tech Mobile any day, though. Oh, Tech Mobile. God. A so woman good. after my own heart. <laughs> That's how I made all my friends at first in college. I brought that and it was the room to go to. In, in the dorm. So what about Mike Tyson's punch out? Did you ever play oh, that? Oh yeah, that's, that was another. Oh, that's another one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, Judd, you in on those? Uh, Techno Bowl. I I Phil got his hands on one a couple of years ago and brought it into the studio and played it, and it was hilarious. Yes. So funny, I, right? I think it was slightly after my time. I think it came out when I was because I I was, I think the last video games I played was like in television in the eighties. Nice. So I miss Tecmo, Tecmo Bowl, but it was hilariously funny and like how guys could throw the ball like the, the length of the field. <laughs> so good. Just like gun the ball. And there's always those little cheat codes zone. too where you could just <laughs> run. And, oh, it's so good. Yeah, Kick so a 95-yard field goal as yes. well. Yeah, great yeah. game. Yes, exactly. So let us know if you played that. Fun game. Fun, fun game. Uh, let's get some comments from YouTube going, Roscoe. Comments from YouTube. A couple of them lined up for you this week. First one comes from our guy, Matt Blickendurfer, 9704. What a great last name. Let's get an owner that wants to win instead of just wanting to make money. That is his comment. My question for you two, and Jesse, I'll let you go first. What is the Wilfs role in 20 years of, we'll call it, mediocrity? 
They purchased the team from Red McCombs in 2005. They have been to a couple NFC Championship games in their tenure, but still no ultimate payoff and a lot of, let's be honest, just middle of the road, meh football. What is the Wilfs role in what we will call two decades of mediocrity? I mean, it it obviously plays a role. Every owner in Minnesota plays a very similar role, some worse than others, a.k.a. the Minnesota Twins. Uh, But you have to be willing to spend the money. You have to be willing to make some moves that I think the Wolves sometimes are scared to do. You you have to be willing to try new things. And I know we're going to discuss it in the next comment as well, but there needs to be an aggressiveness. You need to be willing to really just go all in. And the Wolves have settled at mediocrity like every Minnesota sports team here has, right? It's a very Minnesota thing just to be like, meh, this is good enough, but it's not. It's not good enough. So yeah, I'm tossing some blame on the Wilfs. Uh, Let's get it together. Let's figure it out. I think part of the problem is they always want to be competitive and they they grew up and they, they were Giants fans. And I think they saw the Giants and Eli win those Super Bowls and thought, well, yeah, if we just get to the tournament, as they like to say, we can have a chance. But the, so they're never really built for a championship run or they ordinarily aren't. I shouldn't say never. They, they they have been. But I think part of the problem is I don't think it's that they're just trying to like I think they desperately want a Super Bowl. They're huge football fans, but I don't know that they know how to get there. And by the way. Grammar police. Put that back up, Roscoe. Oh, what did Wilf's I miss up? Mediocrity. Wilfs, the possessiveness. I oh, believe. No. Oh, Jesse no. Because oh, no. it's the Wilfs family. It's the Wilfs oh, no. family. They're not possession. Yeah. Oh, mm. no. Yeah. Yep. 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 Boo. Boo this yep. man. Yeah. Uh, grammar police are here. I blame the Lakeville public school system. You should. That's a great That's call. Yeah, that I would never that. happen in Matamita. Just so you know. No. Do you guys want another one? There's probably a grammar mistake in there as well. <laughs> we, we, we can find them. This is great Ross fun. Ross is all on edge now. I think, thank you. Two things that dramatically made my life a lot easier. Google Maps and spell check. But spell check doesn't always fix nope. all of those, uh, all those nope. grammar police mistakes. Question number two in comments from YouTube. This comes from Mike Campbell, 9863. Thank uh, both of our commenters. And please comment below and you may just wind up in comments from YouTube. Mike Campbell's comment, we need to draft the best quarterback possible, Skull. My question for you, the Vikings probably going to pick somewhere between 13 and 23-ish, depending on what happens over the next few weeks. My question, Judd, you can start. Try to move up for, quote, your guy or stand pat and take the best quarterback left well i mean move up is hard to define because i don't think you're going to get in the top two and i think the first two quarterbacks are going to be gone in the top two so uh if there's a guy that you absolutely love and and that kevin o'connell loves then i think that you do have to consider trying to get up like to six or seven or where that player might fall i'm not sure yet and you know the combines haven't happened yet the uh the pro days but um you know, I think the I think the first thing is you got to get clarity on Kirk. If you really want Kirk back, you got to get clarity there. And and I mean, this is going to be a convoluted situation because Kirk could still ask. And Kirk has never not asked for a very big payday with a, a lot of guarantees, and he sort of got you right now because you've seen what's happened without him. And so, is he going to give them a discount because he's coming off an Achilles, or is he go, going to say, you know what, if you don't want to give me uh, the contract I want, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you know what? 
Did you guys see Brock Purdy absolutely look awful, Jesse Pierce? Against you know where Brock Purdy Baltimore. went to school? You know where he went yeah, to? Yeah, that's my yeah. point. That's my point. When the pressure comes down, the cyclones go go right in the tank. Um, but, but you know, I, after that, are you telling me there's no chance? Because Brock Purdy ain't being paid yet. Are you right. telling yeah. me there's no chance that Kyle couldn't put in a call to Kirk? So I, I think the most important thing is you got to get clarity on on Cousins. Because if the clarity is he ain't coming back for what you're comfortable paying, then that changes your draft strategy. That's my most important thing right now. Valid. I say be aggressive. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Move, move <laughs> up. Like, if you have a guy, just what Judd said, there is a guy that you – I I tried it out in third grade once, but I love Bring It On. So, you know. I okay. Do. You know I like my movie. rhymes. I'm rhyming all the time. I thought you might time. be in high school. I mean, that would – Yeah. There, I played a year fast for softball, that. too, where we do, like, alligator, alligator, eat him up. So we, you know, cheers. You're always a cheerleader. In the game I of life, burn. Judd, I'm a cheerleader. It's yeah. cold Very in positive. here. <laughs> I said there must be some Toros in the atmosphere. Yeah. Rebound That's all the right. That's okay. You're going to pump our gas someday. <laughs> Re- rebound that basketball was my personal favorite, but I did love the old, which which I think it's gone now because it was offensive, the old 4Q cheer. What's that one? Is that the... Give me you, a... Yeah, we give you give a dollar a something. Yeah. yeah. You oh, give me no, the change. No, All I want is a Q. quarterback. No, no. It's uh give me a Q, give me a Q, give me a Q. And it's four Qs. W- w- what does that spell? Well, fork you when it's out when it's said by a group of people. <laughs> Sounds very, very That's... objectionable. But oh, yeah. still Boy. the best one We're I throwing ever a flag saw, on Judd. <laughs> throwing a flag on the Judd. The best one I ever saw, Met Center Regional uh section championship or section semifinal. I think it was the section semifinal in the 80s richfield edina hockey richfield takes the lead and the edina kids stand up and say something like you're still from richfield in unison (laughs) i will say you know what a lot of people will one quick hockey note guys the minnesota boys state high school tournament for hockey Yes, the hair is great. Yes, the action on the ice. It's the student sections that really make it yes. fun because they are yes. so clever and so mm-hmm. creative, and I'm so here for it. So mm-hmm. that's my favorite part of the high school. I'll, I'll tie it back really quickly. We'll start where we finished on the Kirk Cousins draft a quarterback thing. I think this might also be an objectionable way to say this, but there's the old adage that you can't serve two masters, right? So if you're the Vikings and let's say Kirk Cousins comes back, and you have this first round pick and you know you have Kirk Cousins for a couple of years and a roster that you believe is pretty good, do you really want to use one of those picks on a guy who's not going to play for a year or two and sit behind Kirk Cousins? I would do it because I would say in the right scenario through free agency and if you hit on your other draft picks, I think you can get by and still be a competitive team that could compete for a Super Bowl even using your first round pick on a quarterback that's not going to play. We've seen it from other teams. The Chiefs competed for a Super Bowl with Alex Smith playing and Patrick Mahomes sitting behind him. So it can happen. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers did it with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and then again with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. So it, it can be done. The move up or stand pat thing to me is interesting because you just don't know who these guys like. And Judd, Judd said it with the Combine and what they're going to see when they start interviewing kids. It's entirely possible KOC could fall in love with, I'll just, I'll throw JJ McCarthy's name from Michigan. 
it's entirely possible that KOC could fall in love with him and say, this kid's going to be there between 15 and 25. So if we need to move up, we might only be talking about a few spots. But to me, the most important thing is exactly what Judd said. You got to figure out the Kirk Cousins thing. And I said a week ago, if Kyle Shanahan can't win a Super Bowl with this roster, I don't know if he ever will. Now, I didn't envision Brock Purdy sabotaging sabotaging a game like he did last night against a really good opponent. Newsflash, he'll see two or three really good opponents again in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens there. But to Judd's point, if the Niners bow out early, that seems incredibly logical that they might try and find a way to do the old, let's bring a veteran in here and take one or two shots with a guy we feel like we can trust. If that happens, then who knows where the Vikings are at with their quarterback situation. Nailed it. That was good. Nailed it. Nailed it. Should we move on? What? What? Go. Should we do some before I die? I got a quick lane bowl to get pumped for. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's do it. (laughs) Three-time quick lane bowl champions. Let's go. Or let's hope. Time now for the before I die crew to give us their before I die. Roscoe, kick us off here. Uh, Okay, so before I die, not everybody needs to appear in a Christmas movie or make a Christmas movie. There are a lot of great bad Christmas movies out there that they're worth watching because they're so incredibly brutal. But then there are some that are so brutal, it's cringy. And I'm talking about most of them that wind up on the Hallmark Channel. Some of those are great, but some of them are brutal. So bottom line... Not everybody needs to appear in a Christmas movie. Not everybody needs to make a Christmas movie. I watched Genie on Peacock with Melissa McCarthy. I love Melissa McCarthy. That movie was marginal at best, and I think I'm being kind. Mm, I can see that. So just there's there's too many of them. Let's, if you're going to do it, you know, make it good. And here's another thing. Be creative. All these Christmas movies follow the same script. You know exactly what's going to... At the end, I want one where Santa's maybe bludgeoned and falls off the roof and Christmas is ruined for everybody. <laughs> let's let's be different, okay? That's all I got. Before I die, let's, let's clean up or be more creative about Christmas movies. And to clarify, no, Ross did not play Ralphie in A Christmas Story for many of you that have often asked in the comments on YouTube. Have you seen those, Roscoe? That you look like Ralphie from The Christmas Story? Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. My internet gremlins are coming. I see that. You oh, look like boy. Ralphie from The Christmas Story, a smidge, right? Yeah, but it's, it's not. Ho, ho, ho. I think, I think I'm back now. Were you mentioning The Christmas Story movies? Is that what yeah. that was? I yeah. said, yeah. contrary to popular belief, you didn't play Ralphie in The Christmas no, Story. No, I, I did not. I do think those are actually some of the better ones. I finally watched the second one this year. I was pleasantly surprised. It was pretty well oh, done. Yeah. That joke would have landed well better if your internet didn't I'm sorry. Out, so. Yeah, I think we're having issues, so... <laughs> Jesse, you next. Um, Before I die, I will finish a game of Uno without being upset and without possibly destroying our family with competitiveness because we can never play Uno. In all of my lifetime, our family should be banned from playing Uno because the anger is real. There's collusion. It's just, it's problematic. It really is. But we play it every year thinking that this year will be different. It never is. So before I die, I will find a way to come to peace with that game. Our family will be united, having a fun time doing it versus the anger that always ensues on our Christmas. You think Uno's bad? Try phase 10. 
Oh, you played Phase Ten? No. Oh, it's basically like Uno on steroids, and that nice. that'll cause a lot of issues. It's, it's problematic, but I love it. But we play, and there was a new one that we played yesterday or on Christmas Eve. So we always play it on Christmas Eve, um, and you had to like shuffle your hand, but basically we just rotated our hand and then it just got people real angry. My oldest son was in cahoots with grandma. He wouldn't play skips on grandma. He would only do it if it got reversed and he'd hit me with it. I mean, it's just. That's not collusion. That's strategy. No, it's collusion. They're together. Your family's got mean, (laughs) tough family. My dad pouts every year. He just gets angry, like lays the cards down. He pouts and he always, he hides them. He says, you got to show your cards. It's, I'm telling, I'm not making this up. It is an angry game, but we play it every year. We took one year off because we're like, we can't do this, you guys. Like we need to step away from the Uno cards, but it returned with vengeance this year. And uh, we might be time for another break. Before I die. (laughs) And I think that's going to happen in 2026. The World Junior Championship Hockey Tournament will return to this state. Now, I was there the last time it, it was played because it was played at Met Center in like 83. And then, I, if I'm not mistaken, the championship game, I think we just lost Roscoe and now he's back. The championship game was at in Rochester or something like that. But the World Juniors, yeah. which start today, Jesse mentioned it, which are just an outstanding tournament, is just made for this state at least once every i would say 10 years or so so give me the world juniors um great hockey it's as as, um former gopher hockey coach don lucia once told me and he's right this is the ncaa basketball tournament of canada yes it's that big and it's great it's so good i mean you want to see the future it's the best players it's so entertaining it's so fun it's young kids 20 years old 19 years old it's just it's epic i highly recommend it i started watching it probably when i turned like 21 and i was like this is so much fun like why are we not watching this more it's the best of the best we know you love hockey on this channel so go watch too bad keep talking about it keep talking about it more i love monitoring the comments It, it keeps uh it keeps people humble. <laughs> uh, every, other than that, you guys, this is another episode of Before I Die on Score North and Purple Daily. Don't forget to check out all the other Purple Daily content in addition to other sports. Yes, there's another hockey sport. Uh, Judd's Hockey Show. You've got Timberwolves. You've got Twins. A little bit of everything, whatever you like. Uh, let us know what you think of this week's show. And we'll see you next week, hopefully after a Vikings defeat of the Green Bay Packers. Have a good one. Those poor Packers have no idea what's about to happen to them when they show up in Hennepin <laughs> County.